Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Welcome to our program. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, Dairy Gold CEO Mr Jim Wolfe gives reassurance on co-op fodder availability. Ms Odie Levin's acting deputy news editor, Irish Farmers Journal, on the new ANC maps, the Areas of Natural Constraint maps, ICMSA North and East Cork AGM. But our top story, an edited report from the recent Brexit or no Brexit, fodder or no fodder, what's the future of Irish agriculture meeting held at the GA complex in Carrigoo near Mallow. Following his lengthy and wide-ranging address to the Brexit fodder finance meeting held at the GA complex Carrigoo in Mallow on Monday 19th of November 2018, Dairy Gold CEO Mr Jim Wolfe assured farmers that the cooperative had adequate supplies of fodder available. He spoke to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme about fodder and a number of other issues. But first of all, an assurance that fodder was available. Yeah, well, the first thing to say is we have. Um, you know, that's the first thing to reassure uh, the farming community uh, that there is uh, plenty fodder in situ uh, coming into the country now. Uh, for the last eight weeks, nine weeks, uh, we've been importing on a steady basis. We've more than 5,000 tonnes imported. Uh, of alfalfa at this point um, and there is a steady delivery of that onto farm. In fact we've, we've still done in stock at this point in time. Of course what's the first and foremost uh, uh, requirement from a farmer's perspective is to do a father budget. Identify the gap that is between the needs uh, and uh, the needs for the winter ahead and what they have in stock and once that's identified then the suggestion is uh, that you then source the product talk to your area sales manager to your tagisk advisor to your uh, store manager or whatever because the, the material is there and as i say you know the father at this point is better to have it now and be looking at it than looking for it uh, next march or april and obviously you're being very careful not to estimate that we're going to have a, a wonderful spring early on in the year. You are still importing fodder, you have plenty of fodder in stock, but you're saying, look, let's be cautious, let's go back to those old days people seem to romanticise about this. There was always plenty of fodder left 
even into the spring. So really the fodder situation, there is not a fodder crisis as far as dairy gold suppliers are concerned. No, it's a combination of, of both the, imp, the, you know, the stock, uh, the fodder stock that's on the farm itself, and silage and, and hay or whatever, the imported uh, material is coming in that's available, combined with some concentrate feeding. You know, the best value, you know, you, one will decide that for themselves, what's the best value. But what we would say is, you know, there's an old saying, John, old hay is old gold. And in this situation, I would advise strongly uh, to uh, take up what is there, uh, put it in stock, it will be there for next spring and even beyond. And if it carries over to another year, that father, that hay uh, will, will carry. It's perfect from that perspective. So I would say is the most important thing that one can do is do the estimations at the moment, do the, the budget uh, and where you stand, identify the deficit. Uh, and plan ahead. And I understand uh, from Dairy Gold personnel that with your winter feed planning workshops you're saying to farmers who go along, to Dairy Gold suppliers, you're saying bring details of uh, whatever stock you have, whatever bit of uh, silage you have in stock and then at these winter feed planning workshops that the Dairy Gold personnel will work out an individual fodder plan for you if by any chance you haven't an up to date one already. Yeah, that's look. That's that is the issue. It's about working with the individual. Uh, it's about identifying the needs, uh, and it's about doing it in a very orderly fashion. Uh, so look, it's a one-to-one uh, situation, uh, and uh, uh, circumstances are different on different farms. Uh, so we do advise strongly. Uh, there are 12 workshops uh, over the next three weeks, uh, and uh, the suggestion really and I'd urge people out uh, that have any concerns to come and talk to us. And could we just briefly look back at one or two details you gave about uh, milk supply? Give us a, perhaps a brief overview of milk production, the increase in milk, and we know all about the uncertainties of Brexit, but you've always planned, you've always dealt in definites. But just repeat a few of the figures you gave this evening about milk production and increases in, in the dairy gold production system. Well, I think, first of all, is, you know, uh, we've all worked to the vagrancies of the weather this year. I mean, it has been a most unusual year. You know, you had uh, back along Stardom Emma in, in March. You had the prolonged wet weather into May. You had the drought in June, July and August. But we've had an exceptional September, October into November. Our milk supply over the past five weeks has averaged 26% uh, per week up on the same equivalent week of last year. In fact, as we look ahead to year end now at this point, we would, it would, we estimate that we'd be between 2 and 2.5% two and up in volume in 2018 calendar year vis-à-vis -vis the 2017 calendar year. That is exceptional. You know, really what the, the resilience of our dairy producers, there's a credit due to them on the basis of how they fed their animals, how they responded to the drought situation uh, to ensure uh, that that volume of milk is still produced approximately 2.5% up on prior year is exceptional. And that is with exceptional solids at this time of the year. So, you know, um, glad that, uh, that uh, uh, things shone very favourably over the past uh, uh, 10 or 12 weeks uh, in the farmer's favour. 
looking at positives in the Brexit situation, we look at Brexit and we talk particularly of cheddar, where will we find an outlet for all the cheddar we produce, which we at the moment export to the UK? But you announced about the very close link of producing on licence the Jarlsberg cheese from the Norwegian company. But the Jarlsberg, say again, we want to deal here in positives. The Jarlsberg cheese, that is something that is supplied to way beyond the UK market or perhaps very little to the UK market. It's right across the world, America, etc. Yeah. So a word or two about Jarlsberg, as people listening would appreciate it to hear more about this East Cork venture, this huge venture. Yeah, well, we're in the, the, the well into the second phase of the investment in primary processing at this point. Um, and fortunately we were in the planning phase of this in 2015 and 2016 and it coincided with Brexit. We finalised um, arrangements with the largest Norwegian cooperative, Tina, uh, for the establishment of the Alsburg Cheese Factory in East Cork. Uh, that's under construction right now. Uh, in fact, uh, the target is that in December 2020 uh, that we'll be that in cheese production there. Uh, that uh, is up to 200 uh, million litres of, of milk the equivalent of 20,000 tonnes of Yardsburg to be produced, a product that is for the global market, right down as far as Australia, right down into the Southern Hemisphere, as well as the US uh, and other emerging uh, affluent uh, markets. So it's really Brexit-proofing. In addition to that, we're investing in Castle Farm and Mitchellstown uh, on whey because obviously the whey will come from both our own factory in Clanmel Road, Mitchellstown and the cheese factory, but as well as that, the whey that will come from the Alsburg factory. And whey, as you know, uh, is an ingredient, key ingredient into uh, many uh, um, nutritional products such as infant formula, such as sports nutrition and so on. So again, that is not destined for the British market. So if you like, our second phase of investment investment uh, in the cheese side is in non-cheddar dependent product. Here in Mallow at this point uh, you know the third dryer is uh, under construction uh, and again that will be for powders and nutritional powders and again not destined for the British market. So if you like we are Brexit proofing uh, the organisation in the context of our second phase of primary processing. Looking at all the different permutations and possibilities uh, for the Brexit, you have in fact a team, I understand you have a team in Dairy Gold. There is a team in Dairy Gold which is evaluating things as we go along and paying close attention to all the options. So in fact you are monitoring the situation very, very carefully on a highly technical basis. We are because we, we have done all the lobbying, we have done all the presentations right to government ministers, to the Taoiseach, uh, right as far as uh, Michel Barnier. We've done all that piece. Now over the past uh, six to eight months we've been putting uh, you know, a task force together within the organisation led by a senior manager uh, in the context of working out uh, the supply chain dynamics, what's going to happen in the context of a hard Brexit or a soft Brexit or whatever. So scenario plan supply chain um, management in the event of, a, of, of different types of brexits are being worked out but you can never John be over prepared in this situation no matter what happens you know the the EU and Britain's membership of the EU stretches for 45 years you can't just wipe it out overnight and pull a shutter down it there is a huge amount of complexity uh, around that uh, so we can never underestimate uh, the challenges that are ahead we are planning for the worst and hoping for the best.
two very brief quotes. I know you're very hoarse, having addressed the meeting at such great length. Not wanting to be flippant, but at the same time, there were two quotes which... Yeah, I think, I thought the, the quote from, from, from uh, Prime Minister May was where she said, the country is coming together, but Westminster is not. I thought that was very appropriate in the context of where we were at. And remember, she is the current uh, Prime Minister in the UK and leader of the Conservative Party. And, and if you look at what uh, her predecessor, uh, back a while, uh, former Prime Minister John Major said... He said that Brexit is a colossal misjudgment that will diminish the United Kingdom while also threatening its future existence. And, you know, they, they are prophetic words. I mean, the deal that's on the table since last week, we welcome it. While we don't want Brexit, it does answer uh, the Brexit, British exit, in, in what can be as normalised a fashion as possible, protecting our interests on the East-West relationship, that's Ireland into the UK, a north-south uh, relationship, uh, and, the, and allows us uh, to carry on our business as much as is possible uh, as prevails over the last number of decades. Mr Jim Wolf, CEO of Dairy Gold Cooperative Society, our sponsor. Thank you, Jim, very much indeed. Thanks, John. You are listening to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme on C103 Cork with John O'Connor, bringing you an edited report from the recent meeting held on Monday, 19th of November 2018 at the GA Complex Carragoon Mallow on the theme of Brexit or no Brexit, fodder or no fodder, where is the future for Irish agriculture? After a short break, we continue with our edited report from the meeting at GA Complex Carragoon Mallow 19th of November 2018. Mr John McCarthy of Chagask gave an extensive illustrated presentation regarding the fodder situation and fodder projections for the winter and spring. He urged all farmers who had not done so already to make sure they would put in place a fodder budgeting system to make sure they knew how best to deal with available fodder. Pointing out the existing stocks of fodder in various parts of the country as reported in the recent Chagask survey. He pointed out the various ways of stretching available fodder and took a number of questions from the floor. Mr Billy Kelleher, Cork East Regional Manager, set up the equipment to enable John McCarthy make his presentation on fodder. Mr Eddie Punch, General Secretary of the ICSA, the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, was one of the speakers on the panel at the Brexit or No Brexit meeting recently. Eddie Punch spoke to the farm programme after the meeting. But if the House of Commons doesn't agree to Theresa May's deal as negotiated with Europe, then we have a real risk that we're heading towards a hard Brexit. In that scenario, all bets are off in terms of the, I suppose, the ambitious strategy that has been set out in Foodwise 2025 to expand production, what they call sustainable expansion. Already we see that the beef sector is feeling the pain of having too many cattle going into meat factories without enough markets. The UK is obviously our most important market. If that is damaged in any way as a result of Brexit, then we have a serious, serious additional problem. Things are bad enough with the beef sector, but give us a hard Brexit, and then we've got a serious problem with finding markets for our beef. 
So I, I suppose the points I'm making here tonight is that in the context of Foodwise 2025, I'm not interested in the national ambition to have 19 billion of agri-food exports, up from 10 billion a few years ago. It's all very laudable. What I'm interested in is what do farmers get out of all this sustainable expansion? And I'm afraid this year that with the fodder crisis and with concerns about Brexit, what we've seen is farmers running faster just to stand still. And I think it's all very well talking about sustainable expansion, about sustainable environment, about sustainable carbon footprint, biodiversity, you name all the sustainables you want. No sustainable is possible unless there's sustainable incomes for farmers. So we're hoping that the Brexit scenario will turn out as the least worst case scenario. But we really have to get realistic now and say, uh, we can't just keep pretending that farmers can expand and expand in a scenario when our most important market is compromised so severely. What do you think would it take, if we have this uh, EU-UK deal ratified by the British House of Commons, what would it take in that context of that deal, what would it take to make Irish beef production viable, bearing in mind all the threats in the background, not least the Mercosur deal? You see, this is exactly the problem. Uh, we have, even without Brexit, we have threats from deals with South America in terms of a trade deal being negotiated all the time. And we in ICSA are back out to Brussels next week to try and argue against that again. Uh, we, we see that in these kind of trade deals with the likes of South America, uh, the Irish beef farmer always comes out the worst out of those. If we have a calamitous Brexit crash-out scenario, then we have the risk, for example, of the UK bringing in beef from Canada, doing its own trade deals with Canada, Australia, and so on. So these are really you know, scenarios we don't want to spend too much time thinking about. But we also have to be realistic and say that in that context, the notion that we can continue to have 1.4 million dairy cows and maybe 900,000, 1 million suckler cows I don't see how that's sustainable. Uh, we have to look at cutting our cloth to our measure. And farmers out there are hurting, you know, John. I mean, if we see the beef farmer this autumn getting absolutely crucified on beef price after one of the hardest years we have ever seen for farmers in terms of cost, in terms of hardship, uh, there is only so much uh, farmers can take. We see beef grids being used to, uh, you know, cut people for all kinds of spurious reasons. Farmers have gone to the trouble of being quality assured and then not getting the quality assured bonus because, you know, it's a no minus or it's a cow or whatever it is. Like, these are not sustainable scenarios for farmers. But if you add in then a, a huge disruption caused by Brexit, we can't be talking about continuing with our current n numbers of livestock. That's the reality as we would see it at the moment. Now, we are hopeful that common sense will prevail in the UK, but as we speak at the moment, you wouldn't want to be betting on it. Thank you, Mr Eddie Punch, ICSA General Secretary. Mr James Healy, Macron Affirma National President, urged all those present who had not done a fodder budget yet to heed the words of John McCarthy of Chagask and make out a fodder budget as soon as possible. Brexit and fodder are the, the main two items in, in, in the title of tonight's topic, but uh, John has spoken very well on the fodder there, and I think I can only just echo his, 
his words on being prepared and if you haven't completed a, a final budget at this point, I think it's absolutely absolutely essential that you do so now at this point. And the main the main idea is to be prepared, you know, do your budget, see what you have, see what you're short and plan uh, appropriately and act now so as to not be searching around uh, in panic in, in March or April and hopefully it mightn't even get to that point. As regards Brexit, I suppose to a certain degree we know where we are now. We have a deal, the deal and I think from our point of view it's as close to the status quo as you could possibly get. Look, it's not the UK being a, a part of the, the EU but it more or less confirms the status quo and is as close to it as possible. I think um, we won't have a hard border on the island. Uh, we'll have the UK in a, in a UK-wide customs arrangement uh, with Northern Ireland fail safe and all of those things I think um, allow us to be confident that we can trade with the UK for the coming year, for the coming transition period. What is positive as well along with that is the fact that contemporaries in, in Northern Ireland, the Ulster Farmers Union and a lot of businesses in Northern Ireland seem to be rowing in behind that deal. So I think from that point of view, while the deal may not have a whole pile of support in the House of Commons or among the political uh, people in the UK, it certainly has uh, support among business people. So I think that can only help its passage. But when it comes down to it, the, the question is is not a technical one at this point, it's political. While there doesn't seem to be a majority in the House of Commons for the deal, there doesn't seem to be a majority for a no deal, and there doesn't seem to be um, much of a momentum behind a referendum. So at this point, I think it's anybody's guess as to the 29th of March. I think it's probably a positive thing that we haven't seen a motion of no confidence in Theresa May at this point. Uh, if it was going to come, personally, I feel we probably already have seen it. Mark Grilla, National President, Mr. James Healy. Thank you, James. Chairman for the meeting, Mr. Donald Bout, member of the Deary Gold Mallow Area Committee, apologised for the absence of Senator Tim Lombard. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
who had unfortunately fallen ill very late in the evening, not allowing enough time to get a substitute Fine Gael speaker. Unfortunately, he's still up to Tim Bloomberg was speaking now for Fine Gael, but unfortunately he fell ill this evening at a late stage and I wasn't able to get a replacement for him. So we move on to Jackie Cannon, our spokesman for our country being involved. You know, where Brexit is at, you know, it's just a complete impossible. I suppose the deal that was presented last week um, to the British Cabinet was probably as good a deal as we could uh, as we could foresee from an Irish point of view. I suppose the big question marks remain now as to whether she can get that through the House of Commons. And, you know, it looks like at the moment that, you know, it, it, it's unlikely that she will get it through. But, you know, as James said, uh, there hasn't been a vote no confidence in her in the last couple of days, which, you know, looked very likely when she presented this, this, uh, this deal to, to our cabinet. So hopefully common sense can prevail in the UK and that they can, you know, they can see their way to put this, this deal through. But the damage that Brexit could do to the Irish economy, and I suppose there was an old saying that, you know, if England got a cold, Ireland would get pneumonia. In this case, I think, uh, tis the UK will get pneumonia. What impact that would have on the Irish economy, you know, would send a shiver up your spine. Like, we'll focus here tonight on the agri-food industry. And, like, you know, our, our dependence on the UK market is huge. 38% of all our exports go to the UK. And, you know, we have a huge amount of imports as well. 5.2 million of imports of agriculture imports come from the UK into this country as well. 48% of the total amount of imports that come in here. 60% of our prepared consumer foods go to the UK. So you know, the growth that has been in our agri-food industry over the last number of years is hugely dependent on the UK market. And you know, Brexit or no Brexit, it, you know, it will always be so. They're our closest neighbour, close to 70 million people there. You know, we were always, they go back to the you know, other times we always sent our cattle there to, to feed to feed the British armies. That was where our grain went. That's our traditional market. And obviously it's our closest neighbour, that's the way it will be. And we've had phenomenal growth in our agri-food industry over the last number of years. Since 09 to, seven, to, to from 09 to 2017, our agri-food agri exports have grown by 74%. They're, they're now at 13.6 billion, 13.6 billion. It's projected by 2025 with Foodwise 2025 that that will go to 19 million. Now, whether that's a good thing for the audience in this room or not is another question. Definitely farmers' incomes haven't kept pace with that huge growth in production. And when we talk to people, they'll say, you know, are we any better off today than we were 10 or 15 years ago? And I think, you know, with climate change coming down the tracks and, you know, Brexit as we've been talking about, I think those targets of food, of food wise 2025 have, to, have again to be looked at. And with people telling us, you know, we, we need more forestry to meet our climate change targets. And climate change is a fact of life for farming. And you know, it was, as a man said, you know, about land, they're not making any more land. So, you know, if we have to, if we have to plant land, you know, to, to, to have extra forestry to meet our climate change targets, a lot of those other targets that are presented to us would have to be modified. We see some countries on the continent now having a phosphorus quota. And we don't want to put ourselves you know, into those scenarios, putting extra pressure and extra cost on farmers. You know, and as dairy farmers, you know, we know the value of derogation. 
and that's something that has to be protected as well. And we have to make sure that we hold on to our delegation. And all those are going to be, all those are challenges, you know, as, as we face going forward in the, 20, in the 21st century. Mr. Jackie Cahill, Fianna Fáil spokesman on agriculture and former national president of the ICMSA, the Irish Creamery Milk Suppliers Association. Thank you, Jackie. You are listening to brief excerpts from the speeches delivered at the recent Brexit or no Brexit, fodder or no fodder, what's the future of Irish agriculture meeting held on 19th of November at the GA complex Carragoon Mallow. Mr. Donald Barrett, chairman of the meeting and main organiser of the Brexit meeting, thanked everyone who attended and he expressed the hope that the meeting had been of use to those people in trying to clarify the issues surrounding Brexit and the future of Irish agriculture. Yes, John, we had a very successful meeting here tonight. Nice turnout. We had um, Jim Wolfe, uh, Derek Gall, CEO. We had Jackie Cahill, Fianna Fáil, agricultural spokesperson. We had Eddie Punch, the Secretary General of ICSA. We had um, James Healy, our macro president. And we had uh, Tagus uh, Speaker John McCarthy. Very good turnout. We had three representations from AIB, Bank of Ireland, Permanent Trustee Savings Bank, and we had a representation from the Mellow Credit Union as well. And um, there was a lot of lively debate, and we were, I'm very delighted uh, that we had such a good debate, and hopefully there's some little bit of clarity on what our business is going forward, and hopefully that everyone learned something from it and benefited from it. The topic of vulture funds, a debate where everyone was actually engaged, and it would have been very useful. Yes, it was very useful, John. Uh, very important that the banks would take home this message that vulture funds have to be uh, addressed and, and uh, need to be addressed. And look, uh, I think the banks are taking it seriously as well and they have to look after the, the farmers' interest in the business going forward. You were helped here by quite an able team. There was a lot of help in the background as well, just to give me a bit of a leeway and helping me out to address things and I thank all those people that helped me in any way. I also thank the management of Dairy Gold for giving me the permission to put this meeting together and, and, and follow through with it and hopefully it was a benefit for everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Donald, very much indeed. Mr Donald Barrett, Mallow Regional Committee Member, Dairy Gold Cooperative Society. Mr Richard White, PRO Cork West Ploughing Association, has an update on events in the west of the county. Welcome to the programme, Richard. Thank you. Um... The annual general meeting of Cockwest Plowing Association was held recently in the old steel bar in Bandon, uh, hosted by the Bandon Club. A full review of the year's activities was done. The chairman, Kim Cohen, congratulated the team who went to Dale Island at Tullamore, where there were three first prize winners, six second prize winners, and many other minor placings. And he congratulated Lee Motriskel, who won the European Reversible Plowing in Russia during the summer months. Uh, the election of officers then took place, and the following officers were elected. President, then George Driscoll, uh, Chairman, Kieran Cohan, Secretary, Michael Welsh, Vice-Chairman, DJ Courtney, Treasurer, John Hurley, and PRO, Richard White. Uh, the fixture list for the coming year was then announced, which is as following. Uh, McCroom on the 6th of January, Clonakilty, the 13th of January, Kilmeen, the 20th of January, Carmore, the 27th of January, uh, Kilbritton, the 3rd of February, Timaleague, the 10th of February, and Clagoc, the 17th of February, and the county final in will be in, in Bandon, all going well on the 24th of February. Now, a novice match is being held on, on Saturday next, December the 1st, 
on the lands of Sean Burns at Terry's Cross near Bandon, by its kind permission. It will be starting at 12 noon, and uh, any inquiries can go to the county offices or any inquiries to the county secretary, Michael Welch, and 86 822 That's Michael Welch on 86 And uh, the ploughing will start at 12 o'clock, and it's... Um, They'll be ploughing in the convention or the reversible class, whichever people wish. The novice match, I suppose, has always been a great success, and uh, our, it encourages new people to take part, and they've all done very well when they have gone to all Ireland. Yeah, the novice flower match is on uh, Saturday of next week, Saturday, December the 1st, on the lands of Sean Burdens at Carey's Cross, which is on the Bandon Tim League Road, out a bit from Bandon, and it will be well signed posts on the day, and it'll be starting at 12 noon sharp. We take this opportunity of congratulating you on your re-election, reappointment as the Cork West Ploughing Association PRO. Thank you, Richard, and yes. congratulations. Okay, thank you very much, John. Thank you. Turning now to Cork East and Mr. Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Ploughing Association. Philip, a very enjoyable day's ploughing at Ballyfeard, I understand, and you have the results from the Ballyfeard match. That's right, John. Thanks very much. Yeah, our, our second last. Um, event for the this season was Ballyfield last Sunday in a lovely site out in Manan Bridge and a fine turnout and a good day fine and dry only a small bit windy but fi- everything worked out lovely so these are the results from Ballyfield senior open first Kieran Coakley second John Murphy third Michael Linhan and fourth Morris Walsh under 28, first Jamie Hayes and second King Cahan. And under 21, first James O'Sullivan and second Andrew O'Donovan. The novice with one competitor there, Noel Nyhan. The vintage hydraulic, first Mass Fleming, second Keen Ryan, and a joint third between Phelan Cotter and Michael Walsh. The vintage trailer, first Aeneas Horn and second, Leslie Wolf, And the sing- vintage single furrow, first, Trevor Fleming, and second, Damien Ahern. There was a competitor in the Iron Horse class, Francis Nocton, and in the horses, first, J.J. Delaney, and second, Coleman Cogan. In the three-furrow match, first, John Chahan, and second, Jim Barrett. And in the senior, two for reversible. First, Lee Mordriscoll. Second, John A. O'Donovan. And third, Jimmy Cotter. The standard, three for reversible. First, Padraig Walsh. Local reversible. First, Cantumi. And second, Jerry O'Keefe. And in the beginners reversible, first, Brian Donican. Oh, they had a ladies' class as well, local ladies' class. And in that was first Nolik Harrington, second Deirdre Holland, and third Deborah Toomey. And there was a three-four for a local conventional class. First Donald Coleman, second Simon Quovney, and third Dennis Cooper. Those are the results from Ballyfield last Sunday, John. And as I say, a, a very successful outing. Nice field, big turnout, and a good day. So tomorrow we move on to our final match of the season, eight and all for Kirk East, and the next match 
of the final match is being held at Gotru, the same venue as last year. It's um, Motherwell's Farm in Tran Priest, by their kind permission. Again, our start is at 11am sharp, and this site will be signposted from Middleton on the main road, and it will also be signposted from the all side for people coming from the opposite side. And anybody wishing to plough would, if they could have their entries into John Lynch before 1 p.m. today, or as near as possible to 1 p.m. John's number is 087-262-5615. That's John Lynch, 087-262-5615. So that's our, our next match, John, and that's our final match for the season. So hopefully it will be the weather will be in our favour and the thing will go off fine and, and uh, comfortable and smooth as it did last Sunday. Thanks very much, John. And thank you very much indeed, Mr. Philip Cotter, PRO Cork East Ploughing Association. Mr. Morris Walsh, the ICMSA North and East Cork chairperson, joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Morris, I understand your local ICMSA AGM is taking place in Mallow on this coming Monday evening, 26th of November. Yes, John, this very important meeting that's happening in the county of Cork, and especially, of course, in the North and East Cork area. The venue, the Hibernian Hotel Mallow, and it's happening next Monday night at the 26th of November um, at 8.30. Um, very important for all farmers of all aspects of farming to uh, attend this meeting. We'll be joined on the night with our president, uh, Mr. Pat McCormack, who has a, a wide knowledge of uh, national farming and, of course, European farming, as, as we talk about different topics such as the likes of Brexit, CAP 2020, um, ANC, which is a very important one at the moment uh, for the new uh, land that was allocated recently this week, and uh, milk prices, of course, and beef prices. So very important that I'd encourage all farmers uh, to attend this uh, very important meeting. All farmers, um, whether they're members of the organisation or not, that's the ICMSA, the Irish Cream and Milk Suppliers, all farmers can attend this meeting. The venue, as you said already, is the Hibernian Hotel Mallow. It's very central, big, large car park at the rear of the hotel, so loads of parking. Uh, the time is 8.30, and it's next Monday night, John, the 26th of November. Now, just to highlight, it is going to be an 8.30 sharp start because we're confident, uh, conscious of, you know, the dark nights, and we won't be going on too late, maybe hopefully around the 10.30 finish or thereabouts. So 8.30 start, and... Uh, all farmers are welcome. Thank you very much indeed, Morris. Thank you, John. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Mr James Fleming, Chagask Sandfield Mallow. First of all, James, welcome to the programme. Now, very important, there's a big event in Rochestown you want to mention to our listeners. Yes, John, the upcoming National Dairy Conference for 2018. It's our annual dairy conference, Chagask. Um, it's next Tuesday, November the 27th in Rochestown Park Hotel Cork, commencing at 9am. The theme of this year's conference is making dairy farming more sustainable. Uh, the morning session has a variety of national and international speakers and the afternoon session is divided up into various different workshops. So the registries through the uh, local Chagas office or through uh, the Chagas website. An upcoming local event for the... Um Cork East area, we'll say? Our, our annual dairy seminar that we run here in the Mallow office every every year. Um, we're a little bit more ahead of schedule this year. We're going to run it in December as opposed to January. 
So just a bit of advance warning for it. Uh, it's on in the Mallow GA complex in Carrigoon on December the 14th. And we're running it in the morning, which is a bit unusual as well, from 11.30 to 1.30 uh, p.m. Uh, this year, um, we have a very different but excellent lineup of speakers, which will include a representative of Angarda Shikana speaking about prevention of rural crime. Um, Tommy Heffernan, who's the vet, also known as Tommy the Vet on the Irish Farmers Journal. Um, Pat Dillon of Chagas Park, and uh, some uh, representative from Arnua speaking on the future outlooks for dairy markets. Thank you, James. Mr. James Fleming, Chagas, Sandfield, Mallow and County Cork. Full interview with James on Wednesday evening in the midweek edition of the Farm Programme. The ICSA have organised a major farmers' meeting for Thursday 29th of November at 8pm in the West Lodge Hotel in Bantry. Speakers Donal Murphy, Drina Co-op on Animal Nutrition, Finbar O'Shea Bantry Credit Union on Local Farm Finance, Dermot Kelleher, ICSA Munster Vice President, he'll speak about the future of the suckler and beef herd, and Eddie Punch, ICSA General Secretary, will deal with cap reform. That's on Thursday, 29th of November, 8pm, West Lodge Hotel in Bantry. All inquiries to the ICSA Cork West Chairman, Dermot Keller on 87 The ICMSA National AGM will take place in Limerick at the South Court Hotel on Friday, November 30th. Speakers include Mr Phil Hogan, EU Agriculture and Rural Development Commissioner, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Mr Michael Creed, and also Mr John Jordan, or Newer. That's the National ICMSA AGM, South Coach Hotel, Friday, November 30th. IFA's Munster Regional Chairman, Mr John Coughlin, has welcomed the inclusion of an additional 312 Cork townlands in the Areas of Natural Constraints ANC scheme for next year 2019. The change means Cork farmers will be eligible for an additional €0.7 million Euro in grants next year. The overall scheme will be worth €250 million Euro next year. This follows an increase of €50 million Euro over the last two budgets. The IFA say they'll be seeking a further increase in the ANC allocation to bring it up to €300 million Euro per annum. Miss Odile Evans, acting deputy news editor, Irish Farmers Journal, covers the issue of new ANC maps in great detail in an extensive article in this week's edition of the Irish Farmers Journal. What we've seen with the new ANC maps is we're moving from socio-economic indicators to biophysical criteria in terms of how you're classified as being an ANC or not. So biophysical criteria is things like... Um, the soil's ability to hold moisture and that kind of thing, as opposed to, you know, the population density of your area. So in the new maps, um, 98% of the land that was in the old scheme is in the new scheme. So it's good news for most farmers. There are a few who will lose out approximately uh, 760 or thereabouts. Um, but ultimately, there um, is also uh, more land coming into the scheme. So there's an additional 2,000 townlands being added to the scheme this time around. Thank you, Odile. Miss Odile Evans, Acting Deputy News Editor, Irish Farmers Journal, and we'll have the full interview with Odile in the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme after the 10pm news. 
And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot and Controls. And as always, a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Have an enjoyable weekend. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.